Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Alan Witch, is in the house. What's going I'm on? in the house. Hey, Christopher, having a great day. I'm excited. Our guest is fantastic. It's beautiful outside here. It's beautiful where you are. A great day ahead. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really well. I heard you have some good weather up there in Portland now. It is beautiful. Right now it's about 82 and no wind, jeez, and I'm jeez. looking outside, and I might take this headset outside. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly uh, have done that, as you know, on some of our shows. I've done it right from the beach because technology, when it works, is <laughs> definitely uh, something that can change uh, the way we do business. And of course, today I feel that we're all like super users with our, you know, smartphones. And we've got something cool coming up uh, that, you know, around the world, as, as we know, uh, you know, more and more people are going to have access, which is really exciting, to the Internet, which changes the global uh, landscape the economies of scale, and uh, what, you know, a lot of uh, people we talk to talk about this new economy, uh, and, and it's really exciting. And, and, and we know that uh, our guest today, and I don't want to uh, hold it up, but uh, Alan, why don't we bring him on, and uh, you do always the great pleasure of doing that. Well, it's, it's been an honor to continue to do this show with you, Chris. And, you know, you and I have always talked about the rising billions, and, uh, you know, some of our guests uh, have really had an impact in that. And today's guest is by means no exception. And uh, he's been on a, gr- a number of great podcasts. I mean, he's a household name. He's well known. He's, uh, you know, he's been all over the world. He's been the CEO of a number of companies. He's a Grammy-winning jazz album producer. He's, uh, you know, been the CEO of multiple companies. Uh, he's all over the globe. He's touched with... So many brand name corporations now that uh, we kind of get lost as to what all role he's playing in all those, but his <laughs> footprints everywhere. And uh, we're excited to have him on the show. Jeff Hoffman, welcome to Think Bold, Be Bold. Thank you very much. Great to have we you are. here, Jeff. And, you know, I always kick off the uh, show with asking for uh, yourself, and, you know, obviously anybody can uh, search and, 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 you know, learn a lot about you. But, you know, on a personal level, it'd be really nice to hear, you know, where did this all start? You could have done a lot of different things, but, you know, just getting to know you a little bit, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur and 
Um, where did this all start for you and, you know, getting to where you are today? And I know that that could be a long chat, but you can abbreviate, bring us through some of maybe the highlights, uh, you know, through that. And, and maybe some of the lowlights, of course, because we always have adversity and challenges. But uh, love to hear a little bit about your background story. And certainly that's where we love to start the show. All right. So uh, I actually grew up out west in Arizona in the desert. I grew up in a small town, which is a great place to grow up in, except that nobody I grew up with wanted to do anything. (laughs) I guess maybe maybe the sun was just melting us in 115 degrees, Uh, but I had big plans. I wanted to do a lot of things from creating music to making movies to traveling around the world. Um, And so entrepreneurship for me, I got an engineering degree. Uh, I was an engineer in corporate America. It didn't work out for me. I could not function with the bureaucracy in corporate America, and I didn't last that long. And so my whole journey has been entrepreneurship. I left that job in pursuit of freedom, but in pursuit of opportunity to go live the life that I wanted to live, not sort of the one that was defined for me. You know, our parents tell us, get a good job and get get a good company, get a good paycheck. I went and did all that. I had an engineering job at a a big engineering company. I just didn't have a good life. Uh, Because for me, a good life would have involved traveling and seeing the world and exploring cultures and getting a chance to explore my other interests like music, et cetera. So I quit my early 20s, started my first company, which was tech, and I've just been building startups ever since. But the journey has never been about money. The journey's always been about freedom, uh, the freedom to do what you want to do, where you want to do it. And, you know, the, the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you get to design your own future. Instead of yes. hating the job you have, just go create the one you always wish you had. Uh, and that's what I had the opportunity to do by being an entrepreneur all these years. I love that. And, you know, you have a great quote, and I love it because it reminds me a lot. I feel like I've been on that journey from, you know, a very young age and certainly have done a lot of things, went into corporate, knew that I didn't, you know, really fit, felt like a bit of a misfit, uh, and then went out and, you know, really created things. And, you know, it was a great playground to play in for sure. A lot of ups and downs, of course, but you say something really cool and I love it. Don't chase the money, chase excellence because money follows excellence. And I just love that quote. And, you know, it stuck with me because um, it's it's one of those quotes you've had out there for a while. It, you know, and, it, and I love it. it. Well, thank you very much. And it's because I see so many people now. Now I spend my time after being involved in a lot of startups, and we were very blessed that uh, that some of ours uh, grew really big, uh, obviously Priceline.com being the biggest one, uh, mm-hmm. but we had another one, uh, Ubid.com, and uh, that company became a multi-billion dollar company at one point as well. Um, but I see so many people that are focused on getting rich, and right. the ones that are focused on the money are distracted from the one thing that gets you rich, <clears throat> which is unless, until and unless you create something amazing in the world, you're not getting rich anyway. So quit worrying about the money and quit picking out the car you're going to buy when you're still broke. What you need to do (laughs) is go create something amazing in the world and you'll never worry about getting paid. People that that create excellent products and excellent service and deliver value that the world loves, they just keep getting paid whether they want it or not. I was never a money-driven guy, but I was an excellence-driven guy. I wanted to build things that made an impact and solve problems. And when you do that, people keep showing up to pay you. The money always finds the excellence. Uh, but until you do that, you, you're not getting paid anyway. That's so I true. I love that. Money finds excellence. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, one of the uh, things, um, you know, that I took away and, you know, just really 
you know, to do my homework and, you know, understanding what's important, um, you know, to, to a guy like yourself is that you solve problems. Um, you, you, you certainly do. And is, do you feel like that, you know, engineering part of your brain and, you know, going to engineering at, at, at sort of set you up for that? Or is that something you had well before engineering and, you know, knowing that you wanted to go and get that type of uh, education? No, it might be a little bit of each. Uh, because one of the uh, years ago I did a TED talk, it's still out there, it's called The Power of Wonder. Mm -hmm. and what I talked about was to never lose your childlike wonder, your, your childlike curiosity. I talk about five-year-olds, because five-year-olds, everything you show them or tell them, they say, why? Why does it look like that? Why is it blue? Why does it have to be built that way? Why do you need two of those? Um, people that never lose that sense of childlike wonder at the world around them, those are the people that find more problems because they say, well, why doesn't it work? Why can't you fix it? Why does it have to take that long? And those are the people that realize a lot of times there are problems all around you every day. And if you start wondering about them, looking at them, you know, trying to figure them out, start taking them apart, which is where the engineering skills come in handy, you'll be the one yeah. that creates the solution that the rest of the world pays for. But if you're not curious about how things work and how to make them better, you'll never get there. So I've tried intentionally to never lose my childlike curiosity and wonder about the world, but my engineering degree and background helped me be a more organized problem solver because engineering by definition was sort of structured problem solving, and those skills helped me in the business world. I yeah, love that. that. makes a whole lot of sense. Jeff, you, you talk about your, your engineering background, and mine's always been in architecture, so you and I have a little bit of the same in this. Everything is systems. Everything is organized. Everything is structured. Everything is sequential. And I think that, at least for me, that, uh, that argued with the creative piece. But within that, you've successfully done what I call the pivot. You've been able to take the knowledge that you've learned, the practice and the framework, that you learn in engineering, and then apply that to your your creative side. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that struggle with that, that struggle with that pivot. Could you talk about that for a little bit on, on how you've been able to make that pivot from that structure to that creative side without losing the, the benefit of the structure? Yeah, I'd be happy to answer that, but you might not love the answer. And the reason is, part of what caused me uh, to go from left brain to right brain and try to integrate them was the fact that it secretly turned out I sucked as an engineer. <laughs> I was in trouble to get an engineering degree. I started my first tech startup, and one day the engineers that I hired looked at me, and they're like, yeah, dude, we're going to need you to step away from the keyboard. Like, What's going on? That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> You're the worst engineer here. I said, hey, it's my company. And they said, and somehow you're still the worst engineer here. I was like, well, we all have the same degree. We all have the same engineering degree. And they said, and somehow we're really good at this and you're not. Um, so my <laughs> started because my own team said, you're not great at engineering and we want great products. You're the one pushing us to excellence and you're not excellent. My team said to me, somebody is going to have to figure out the marketing and business side of this. Why don't you do that? And what I realized was huh. I knew a lot of people that were really good at business and marketing. I knew a lot of people that really knew technology, but there wasn't much of a bridge between them. The tech guys thought that marketing was evil. Marketing guys thought the tech guys were just a bunch of nerds. And I realized, and especially for your listeners, if you want to find a great place to live, <laughs> live in the intersection of technology and business. 
So I moved oh. in that space because I realized there are not a lot of people that can understand the technology but can present it in business terms. If you take a combination, if you study a combination of tech and marketing and business, and you develop a skill set that allows you to bridge those two worlds, you will always have a place. And, and I'm not sure if this was your quote or maybe someone else's, but uh, uh, what you're talking about, you know, just finding the right people as well, you know, building the right team. And uh, and, and I think this was you, but I'd rather be 10% of a watermelon than 100% of a grape. Uh, maybe that wasn't your quote, but I, I certainly uh, love it because that's what you're talking about, you know, just essentially is coming back to uh, what you're really good at. And it sounds like you're a really great businessman. You could you know, formulate the uh, understanding of engineering. You weren't a good engineer, but you certainly uh, had people around you that uh, could do everything that you thought of uh, from your imagination and um, obviously creativity, and I love that. Uh, it's funny, there's a quote that I love about Einstein, says, imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress, giving birth to evolution, and, and, and I think you encapsulate uh, a lot of that. Uh, so uh, I'm bridging the gap between you and Einstein a little bit there, uh, Jeff, if you didn't get that. <laughs> um, In fact, uh, one of my favorite quotes is always take credit for other people's quotes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You're uh, you're a funny guy too. That's what I love. You know, you're uh, laid back, and I heard a lot about you because we have some similar friends uh, that I've known uh, for a while, and and certainly they know you. And uh, that that's one thing they said about you is you're you're easygoing, even though we're having some tech challenges for the audience out there. Uh, it keeps going in and out. Uh, obviously, won't hear a lot of it because it'll be well edited. But we are going to have some funny blurps in here. Uh, yeah. Just so that everybody knows that, hey, nothing's perfect, but hey, we're going to get raw through this. Real. Yeah, it's raw and real for sure. Uh, this is this is our first glance at artificial intelligence. My laptop is deciding when it's funny to just bleep me out. Some sentient being is saying, "Hey, watch, this will be funny. We'll just cut That's off right. the mic while we're talking." There's um, people in another room. They're like, let, let, "Let's watch this. Let's see what yeah. happens right now." <laughs> uh, but I, I was going to say, a hundred percent of nothing. Or you can own a small percent, like you just said, of something really big. And the key is whether or not you surround yourself with people smarter than you. You are never as smart as you think you are. And you are, in fact, probably only good at one thing. Even if you're a CEO of a startup now and you're doing seven jobs, you're not doing them well. Um, I have to tell you a really quick story. One day, as an engineer, and I was I had my first startup, and I don't know finance. Uh, so a friend of mine a book uh, finance and accounting for non-financial people, basically money for dummies. I went and bought the book. I went home. I opened the book. On the first page, I was all excited. I'm an engineer, and now I'm going to learn finance. And I didn't even start the first page, and a thought occurred to me. I was like, what am I going to do next? Buy a book on home dentistry and start pulling my own teeth? This is just stupid. I am an engineer. I am not a finance major. There are people that do finance for a living. So why am I trying to pretend? So odds are you are good at one thing, finance, accounting, thing is that you're good at. Play your position and surround yourself with people smarter than you at every other position. Our companies were successful because I spent a lot of my time not running the company, but going out, finding people smarter than me in every area that I wasn't good at. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and, perfect. Um, a lot of times, though, you know, with entrepreneurs starting out and, Certainly, people um, that have a you know an idea, 
and they go to work at it and they want to do everything, um, that's where they run into the trouble. And, you know, certainly I believe that, you know, that's happened to me at, you know, given times when building uh, businesses. But the minute you release it, and you give it to the others that, as you said, have the skill sets, have, uh, you know, the drive um, and, you know, uh, cultivating that knowledge together and driving the ship on the front end with a vision. Um, I'm sure you've seen that uh, through uh, where you did see huge success. Uh, let's talk about, you know, where that started on Priceline, for example, as um, uh, probably a great one to talk about. Where did that idea start and, and, and how, like talking about startups, how did you, like what was the first step? It was an idea and then it turned into obviously um, uh, a pretty big company. And what was that, you know, what was that thing that happened in order for it to really take off? Well, actually the thing that happened preceded all that, which was a gentleman named Jay Walker. Uh, and Jay was spending time analyzing business models, not technology per se, but business models, and then looking to see what businesses were fat, right, were ripe with inefficiency uh, that, that could be redesigned with the proper use of technology. So Jay is the one that was creating IP, ideas like the reverse auction, which is what Priceline was built on, right. which was a patent of his. He created IP that he said there must be some way to use ideas like reverse auctions in businesses and industries that are inefficient. So he came up with an idea that said, let's assemble a team of people and build a business around an inefficient industry and a new technology. Uh, and so that was the seed of it. After that, it was, it was all about hiring for the right job, letting everybody do their part, getting out of people's way and empowering them to go build their piece. In those early Priceline days was to walk around and, and see all these people who were absolutely brilliant in their domain and realize that if they're all pulling together, you know, if you have a Cy Young award-winning pitcher and a National League-leading home run-hitting right fielder and the best shortstop, gold glove-winning shortstop, when you put them all in one team, amazing happens. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's what happened was there was a lot of focus on collecting a team of people. And I was very blessed to be working with some amazing people uh, back then. But I think those are the two pieces that caused it. Studying a business, studying a way to apply the technology to improve a business, then recruiting a team of amazing people in each of the domain areas you needed to succeed in. Boom, so true, absolutely. And we're going through that now with uh, a company uh, that both Alan and I are involved in from a startup syndicate. And you know, we'll talk a little bit about it. It launched today, which is really exciting, but it was about the study uh, from the founder, uh, Derek Stratton, uh, then collected uh, a series of people together and boom, uh, you know, here it is and it's coming and it's layering in technology. One of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, in terms of where the world's going, um, you know, technology in general, but you did bring up something interesting. I did hear that artificial intelligence. What's your, what's your take on that, Jeff? And, you know, what's your uh, sort of maybe even prediction on, you know, what's going to happen next around that? I think uh, that people are going to be shocked and blown away and going to start being unable to tell the difference of when they're talking to a human and when they're talking to uh, an AI-based product. Um, I actually studied artificial intelligence when I was a college student at Yale many years ago. I went to Yale specifically because of its AI program. So I've been kind of studying and, and around this technology forever, and it took many years to come to fruition. 
but I think it's exciting and really powerful. I, I got a chance, I spoke at Microsoft's big annual conference last year with their new CEO, uh, Satya, and I got to hear his talk about, you know, the, just that's only one company, but Microsoft's a big and influential one, talking about the fact that they're reshaping their whole company as an example, all around application of AI tools uh, to smarter and more efficient, you know, workplace. Everything you do, having an AI assistant to help you do it. And the demos I've seen in secret, I've seen in a lot of people's secret labs that are coming soon is like stuff you see in a movie today, but it's already real. It's a lot so like true. iRobot, huh? Little Will Smith yeah. reality. I'm very excited about the future. Of course, it's equal parts scary, uh, but uh, it's, it's exciting because I think we'll be able to, I don't know, raise the level of all of our abilities to do work and do important work um, by use of, of everything from AI to robotics. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to change how people experience their livelihood. And, of course, with that kind of disruption, it's going to create, uh, it's going to displace some people, probably displace some industries, but it's also going to create new industries in support of that. And there's going to be some pivot that's going to have to happen to a lot of people in a lot of industries or they're going to get left behind. And I oh, think that's no, they, no doubt. People yeah. people are worried about immigrants taking their job. It's not immigrants, it's robots yeah, that are going to take your job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of that yeah. leapfrog uh, effect that I think is going to happen with technology, you know, in terms of rising uh, economies or what you might want to call developing countries. And I think that that's really exciting is that, you know, because you're born in uh, a country that, you know, maybe deemed as a developing country or you're born in the United States, I, I think it's going to start leveling up and, and people are going to have opportunities just as they would in a, in a country like we live in. And that's what's really exciting. You know, we're shaping, I, I think it's shaping future generations and it's, and it's allowing uh, people and uh, you know, to really uh, live uh, the way that, you know, we should live, and, and that's with clean water, food, education, and opportunity. And, and I think that's really exciting about what this kind of technology is going to be able to bring. I just came back from Istanbul. I'm on the board of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, and we just hosted our annual Global Entrepreneurship Congress. We had 170 nations attend, entrepreneurs from 170 nations, and the topic was creating economic opportunity uh, and, and more opportunity and more equality in emerging nations, especially, yeah. especially using entrepreneurship and technology. And so we completely agree. The thing is that people don't understand. We in the U.S. think we must be smarter than everyone else because where did Google and Apple and all these companies come from, the U.S.? We're not. Intelligence has always been equally distributed. Opportunity never has been. Well, the difference between us and them is not that we're smarter, it's that we have resources and tools. This technology is providing resources and capabilities to every spot in the world. So their ideas that were always as good as ours, now they're going to be able to do something about them, and I think that's good for the whole human race. Yeah, that, that uh, economic inequity, is that bridge between those that have and those that don't is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller, and AI is going to play a big role in that. And, you know, I guess that's a good segue to – to what do you see happening in the next four or five years, Jeff, with uh, AI as it has a, gets a stronger hold on the economic platform uh, globally? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's the bad news. It doesn't matter anyway because robots are designed. 
for efficiency. As soon as the robots figure out that the humans are the most inefficient thing on the planet, they're probably going to eliminate us. Eliminate us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be living on Mars by then anyway. They can That's have right. it, right? That's right. We'll just be big, big, huge heads and tiny little bodies at that point. In our space helmets, looking at each other, saying, man, what went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm getting a kick out of you, Jeff. And, you know, obviously, uh, as we mentioned, we're having some technical stuff, but uh, he's just playing right on through and not man, missing a man. beat, and I love that. I love you that. know, but to, to answer Alan's question, again, uh, people worry about it because you said before, Alan, there'll be a lot of displacement. But here's the truth. Technology, robotics, and stuff are going to replace the jobs that nobody wanted anyway. No one grew up dreaming that maybe one day they'd be able to work on an assembly line screwing in bolts. So the jobs <laughs> eliminate are the jobs that really humans shouldn't have to do anyway. We're just right. going to have to figure out how to redeploy all these people. But what if we sure. redeployed them, for example, on drinking water, on food, on hacking hunger, on health care, on education? What if we found a way to repurpose, you know, the human workforce to jobs that actually make the world better instead of the ones that no one really wanted anyway, but they're just trying to make a living? We're all for greater expansion and fuller expression. Absolutely. And it's not going to be easy, but I think we can figure it out. I agree. Yeah, problem totally. solving definitely is um, one thing that I think every human you know, being has the opportunity to be able to tap into, and um, that's what we're good at. Our brains are designed to do that. I mean, we have scientific evidence of that, and uh, I, I think people like yourself, Jeff, that are out, that are solving problems and you know moving into space right now, where your you know humanitarian uh, approach to the world is uh, going to make it a, a better place. So we're really excited about, uh, you know, following you and watching you. And, and obviously, uh, hopefully we'll get you back on the show, even though we've had a little <laughs> Maybe we'll just do it in person next time. I, I want to I ask the question so everybody can hear Sure. Jeff, will you come back on the Jeff show again at some show? point? <laughs> no, and, I will make sure that no robots know I am joining you. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Alan, well, first of all, you know, the show goes really quick and, you know, we just appreciate having just a fireside chat. We got into some technology. We know a little bit about your background. Uh, but, you know, there's always that one question that we love leaving our audience with um, is what do you give as a bold move people can do uh, right now, um, you know, thinking about what they you know, would really love to do. You talked about things that, you know, people, sh you know, probably don't like to do. What is if they're thinking right now about, hey, I'd love to go do that, because I think when you love something, it doesn't feel like work, for one. But if you really love it and you're not doing it, um, you probably have to ask the question, why do you love it? But point being is, what would you give them as a, you know, small piece of advice, something they can do now to really accentuate that and make that happen in their lives? Uh, key to living the life you want and doing anything you want is to buy, is to become valuable to the people you want to be around, right? If you want to be, mm -hmm. if fashion is your thing, then you want to be the go-to girl in the fashion industry that everybody calls. Whatever industry you want to be in or place you want to be, I wanted to see the world. So what I thought was, if I was valuable to people all over the world and they needed me and started calling me and saying, would you come to my country? That's the key. The key to becoming valuable to people in the world is to solve a problem they actually have and don't have a solution for. I'll say that again. My advice is decide what you want to do. Go study, study that industry, 
make a list of all the problems that industry needs to solve, a problem that you can actually solve, develop those skills and solutions, and that will create the opportunity for you to go do the thing you'd really rather be doing. Let me just do the real example of that. I was sitting in my engineering cubicle, my big engineering job in corporate America that I did not particularly do was go see the world. What I needed to do was have some value to people in the world so they would call and invite me to see the world. So therefore, like I said, I needed to solve a problem. So my very first startup when I was 20 something years old, I quit my engineering job because I felt like I was gonna be sort of sentenced, a life sentence in this cubicle and never see anything. Um, my first product, my first startup was, I saw a problem in an airport one day, which was that it took over an hour to check in just to get a boarding pass and check in at the counter, and I missed my flight. So I got an idea. I My first product, my first startup, built, patented, and sold, like in every airport in the world, those check-in kiosks, when you go to an airport now and you check yourself into a flight, we, we created those kiosks, we invented those in the first place, and we got patents and we started selling them. So what happened was I solved a problem that affected millions of people because everybody in an airport line would far prefer to check themselves in at a kiosk. It saved the airlines millions of dollars. And what happened was airlines in every country started calling me saying, could you come to our country and bring your product? So I achieved my dream of valuable to the travel industry, to people around the world, by solving a problem they all had. Study the industry you want to be in, solve a problem for them, let them know your value, and you'll be able to live whatever life you ever dreamed of. I love that. Solve somebody else's problem, and you'll never worry a day in your life. Right. Boom. Drop the exactly. mic on that one. I like it. Drop well the done. mic well on that said. one. Hey, we haven't been able to even hold the mic on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That is true, Jeff. That is mic true. For more than a second. If I could hold the mic for more than a second, I would have tried to drop it. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, audience, uh, obviously this will be pieced together, and you're going to hear some uh, really cool stuff through this. We're going to make sure of it. But uh, we really appreciate um, you listening in and getting the value uh, from some of Jeff's uh, um, insight and things that he's been through. And uh, obviously we really appreciate you listening into the show. And, you know, we're going to be feature, uh, featuring the show on C-Suite Radio. It's obviously available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podomatic, and of course, we will release it in all social media as well. And um, Jeff, I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I look forward to doing it again sometime. Awesome. Oh, for we sure. honor you, Jeff. Well, Thank you much. There's a lot of people that want to hear more from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be for sure, and uh, we'll make that happen. Um, and 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 certainly, maybe we'll do an in-studio thing, and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll find a way to come to you, Jeff, and and uh, make something happen in the near future. Uh, for the audience, thank you so much for tuning in. You can uh, find us at thinkbullbeeble.com. Of course, uh, you could email us at info at thinkbullbeeble.com. We're always there to answer and help you guys out because we believe in that as well. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.